Are you trying to squeeze the starting solid food stuff into your already busy schedule? Well, I have an all-in-one done-for-you solution that's going to take the guesswork out of feeding your baby. My online program is called Baby Led Weaning with Katie Ferraro. It contains all of my baby led weaning training videos, the original 100 First Foods content library, plus a 100-day meal plan with recipes like the exact sequence of which foods to feed in which order. So if you want to stop trying to piece all this feeding stuff together on your own, I would be honored if you would join me inside of the program. You can get signed up at babyledweaning.co slash program. Checking in about food allergies and introducing allergenic foods. And have you done peanut with your baby yet? Well, intact nuts and thick globs of nut butters like peanut butter are choking hazards for babies, but we want to get that peanut protein into your baby early and often in order to help lower the risk of peanut allergy down the road. My absolute favorite way to introduce peanuts for babies is using the Puffworks Baby Peanut Puffs. So When you hear puffs, like you're probably like, oh, those starchy little puff things. Like, no, no, no. Not the little ones that earlier eaters can't pick up. Those kind of crappy puffs from the store that have added sugar and refined grains and lots of salt. Uh uh. The Puffworks baby peanut puffs have no added sugar. They have just a smidge of sodium for preservatives, and they are the perfect size for baby led weaning. They're about the size of your adult pinky finger. So, you can, baby can pick them up, self-feed them, but they're so soft that they dissolve in your baby's mouth so you can introduce these peanut puffs even before your baby has teeth. Puffworks also makes a baby almond puff for the safe introduction of a separate allergenic food category. That's tree nuts. And now, finally, Puffworks put out a combo case. So it's half baby peanut and half baby almond. So if you want to grab one case, then you can knock out two new allergenic foods. We do these on different days, though. These are just the no-stress, low-mess way to get peanut and tree nut out of the way. So you can get 15% off everything at puffworks.com when you use the affiliate discount code BLWPOD. That's a new code. It's BLWPOD. Use that sucker at checkout at puffworks.com and get peanut and tree nut safely out of the way. As with all meats, pork represents an interesting and unique texture opportunity for your baby, plus a little bit of nutrition, plus there's a different flavor in there, and pork does contain iron. Hey there, I'm Katie Ferraro, registered dietitian, college nutrition professor, and mom of seven specializing in baby led weaning. Here on the Baby Led Weaning Made Easy podcast, I help you strip out all of the noise and nonsense about feeding leaving you with the confidence and knowledge you need to give your baby a safe start to solid foods using baby-led weaning. Well, hey guys, welcome back. Today, we're going to be talking about pork and how to safely prepare pork for baby-led weaning. So I'm going to give you some ideas on different types of pork that are easy to make safe for baby led weaning, kind of walk you through the different cuts of pork that you might find at a typical grocery store or a butcher if you have the luxury of going to a butcher. And then I'm also going to let you know which particular cuts of pork that I steer clear of for babies and why. So before we launch into the types of pork, let's back up and talk about why we would eat pork, who eats pork, with who doesn't eat pork from a religious standpoint, people who are Jewish, Muslims, Seventh-day Adventists. They abstain from eating pork or pig products. Vegans, of course, who don't eat any animal foods, they would also not consume pork. So those of you, Jewish, Muslim, Seventh-day Adventist, vegan, probably not a lot of useful information for you in this episode. But if you do eat pork products in your family and you want to know how to prepare them safely for babies, then I've got some tips for you inside of this episode. 
Now, from a nutrition standpoint, what are the benefits of pork or why would we offer babies pork? Okay, well, pork does contain potassium, which is actually a pretty relatively good source of potassium. And that's a mineral that your baby's body needs for all sorts of activities, including regulating blood pressure and helping with pumping the heart, et cetera. It's an electrolyte. You can get it in lots of other sources. But another thing about pork is that naturally it's low in sodium. Okay, all meat products are. Now, what we do to them in processing a lot of times can dramatically alter the sodium content. So we'll get to that. But pork does contain protein. Babies need a little bit of protein, but I don't want anyone going overboard on feeding a food to a baby because like, oh my gosh, that's so much protein. That's not the point. Your baby's going to be eating very small amounts of this, if any, at the beginning. But as with all meats, pork represents an interesting and unique texture opportunity for your baby, plus a little bit of nutrition, plus there's a different flavor in there. And pork does contain iron. Okay, we've talked a lot about iron on the podcast and the type of iron that we find in animal foods called heme iron is more well-absorbed by the body than is non-heme iron, the type of iron that comes from plant foods. So how much iron is in the different cuts of meat, we can talk about that. It's really not worth kind of splitting hairs over. Well, I'm going to pick this pork cut because it has more iron. Just know across the board, offering animal foods like pork and a variety of foods, including animal and plant foods, is a good way to ensure that your baby will eventually get the nutrition they need from foods. But early on in baby led weaning at six and seven, sometimes even eight months of age, depending upon when you started, remember breast milk or formula is still your baby's primary source of nutrition while the baby is learning how to eat. So don't stress too much about the nutrients in there, but that's just a little bit of a background about why you might want to offer pork. Now there's lots of different types of meats that babies can eat. I have a hundred first foods list that many of you have and are following. And we have a protein category that has 20 different types of proteins, both animal and plant proteins and pork is on there. So if you see pork coming up in your calendar as the new protein food that you're going to introduce this week, this episode will have some ideas on how you can safely prepare and which types of pork you should select in order to help your baby have the most success with pork. And of course, to minimize choking risk. If you want to grab my 100 First Foods list, it's available to everyone in my free weekly workshop called Baby Led Weaning for Beginners. That's all about how to get your baby to eat 100 foods before turning one without you having to spoon feed purees or buy pouches. And you can sign up for this week's workshop times and grab your own copy of my 100 First Foods list by going to babyledweaning.co. So for those of you coming up on pork, let's talk about when can babies start eating pork? Okay, so babies are safe to start solid foods at around the six-month mark, plus when they're showing or demonstrating the other reliable signs of readiness to feed. And if you're not super sure about what your baby needs to be able to do before you start solid foods, definitely wait until six months of age or six months adjusted age if your baby was premature. And then go back and listen to a way earlier episode. It's episode number two, and it was called Five Things Your Baby Should Be Able to Do Before Starting Baby Led Weaning. But generally, when your baby's ready to start baby led weaning, you can do pork very early on in baby led weaning. You don't have to wait until they're a certain age to do it, provided that you're offering safe cuts or safely prepared pieces of pork for your baby. So let's talk about that. What types of pork can babies eat? Now, there's lots of different cuts of pork. And depending upon where you're located in the world or regionally in the United States, the same cut can be called different things. But the way I'm going to organize this, because there's a lot of pork things, is I'm going to go quickly through the list of pork products that I personally do not feed babies, and I'll explain why. And then I'll share with you my three favorite cuts of pork. So it seems like there's a lot of, oh, don't eat this and don't eat that. And I, as you guys know, if you follow me, 
or you've listened to the podcast for any length of time, I really like to promote the foods that babies can eat. And I'm a firm believer that most foods out there we can make safe for babies to eat. So when people say, is pork a safe food for baby? I say, depends. You know, what cut of pork are we talking about? So don't get put off by the list of pork products that I don't feed to babies because I promise you'll leave with a couple of good recommendations. You can go right to your store and get it for your baby. So let's start with the cuts of meat that I pass on as far as pork goes for babies, starting with bacon. Bacon's kind of an obvious one, okay? A lot of pork products, because they're cured, meaning they're treated with a lot of salt, we don't offer to babies because of the sodium content. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. If you've been thinking about giving therapy a try, BetterHelp is a great option. It's a convenient, flexible, affordable, and entirely online experience. All you do is just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can also switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. I used to think therapy was just for people who have experienced major trauma, but therapy can help you be at your best no matter what you're going through. So whether it's to learn new positive coping skills, set more realistic boundaries, or just show up as a better version of yourself, BetterHelp is here to help. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so that you can do more of it. If you want to live a more empowered life, therapy can help you get there and BetterHelp can help you. Visit BetterHelp.com slash weaning today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash weaning and get 10% off your first month. Now, bacon also can be crispy and crunchy. And we generally steer clear of crispy or crunchy foods, especially early on in solid foods. If you're interested in learning more about sodium, then go ahead and check out an earlier episode, episode number 33. It's called Salt, Three Easy Ways to Minimize Sodium for Your Baby. And you can get some good tips in there. So bacon we steer clear of because of the crispy, crunchy stuff. Also, there can be some gristle in there and we generally don't offer any gristly parts of meats to babies. Sausage, same thing very high in sodium, but also with regards to sausage, it's kind of like hot dogs. If cut in round pieces, it could be a potential choking hazard. So while we generally steer clear of processed encased meat products like sausage and hot dogs because of sodium, if you do serve them, it's not the end of the world if your baby has them, but you definitely want to be cutting them in matchstick shapes and not into rounds or coin shapes, which could potentially occlude the baby's airway. Now, what about pork chops? Okay. Pork chops or pork steaks, and pork steaks are also called pork blade steaks. I steer clear of those because they're solid pieces of meat. So I'm a firm believer from my own personal experience, but also my professional experience, having worked with so many babies in baby led weaning, that if you cannot shred a soft cooked piece of meat between your fingers, it is not safe for your baby to eat also. And I have watched numerous babies struggle unnecessarily and even choke on solid pieces of meat. So I do not do pork chops or solid cuts of steak. Okay, there's lots of ways you can make beef safe for babies, but not from pieces of steak as far as I am personally concerned. Pork chops, the same thing. If I can't safely shred it through my fingers, I am not comfortable giving it to a baby to eat. So I steer clear of pork chops and pork steak, which are also sometimes called pork blade steaks. Now, what about ham? So ham is from the hind leg of the pig and it's cured and it's smoked. It can be boneless or bone in, but regardless, because it's cured, all ham has way too much salt for babies. So we want to steer clear of that. Even if you're looking at a reduced sodium ham, it will still have 
pretty high amounts of sodium, which pork on its own is great because it's low in sodium. But once you cure it with a lot of salt, it becomes a lesser desirable choice. So if it's a holiday and there's some ham on the table and a baby has a little bit, is it the end of the world? Depends how soft it is. Okay, depends if it's easily shreddable. A lot of time ham will also have added sugars in it. Like think of like a honey ham. Sometimes maple syrup is added to the recipe. So it's not my favorite cut of pork. Same goes for pork tenderloin and pork roasts. Okay, a, a pork loin roast, for example, it's kind of smaller, like two to four pound sizes, a little bit larger than tenderloins. The reason why I don't like those is because they also end like solid pieces of meat that I can't easily shred with my fingers, but also they don't do well when you slow cook them. So if you cook the pork tenderloin or the pork roast or the pork loin roast low and slow with a lot of liquid, like a braising method, usually that helps meats get softer and safer for babies. But in the case of the pork tenderloin and the pork roast and the pork loin roast, the opposite happens. It ends up getting really tough. So that's the list of meats in the pork family that I stay away from for baby led weaning. But which ones? Do I love for baby led weaning? Let's start with the easiest one, ground pork. I love ground meat products for babies, okay? We don't just grind it up and put in little small pieces on the plate though because babies can't pick up small pieces of meat. They only get their pincer grasp a little bit later, usually after eight or nine months. So if your baby's six or seven months of age and you put a small piece of food out there, A, they can't pick it up and B, even if they could and get it in their mouth, sometimes those very small pieces can be the exact size that could occlude their airway. So we wanna offer the longer strips of pork and we can do ground pork when it's cut into patties or cooked into patties and then cut into shapes about the size of your adult pinky finger. So pretty much any sort of baby led weaning recipe or concoction you could put together with ground beef or ground lamb. You could also do with ground pork as well. And if you guys are interested in getting some recipes that are really easy for baby led weaning for ground beef, because sometimes people are like, hey, I tried to make a burger and it totally fell apart. I've got five easy recipes using ground beef that you can also substitute ground lamb or ground pork. And I'm going to link to that on the show notes for this episode if you go to blwpodcast.com and search pork. Okay, so ground pork is a good option. I also like pork ribs. Now, depends upon where you are, especially in the United States. There's a lot of regional differences and preferences for ribs. If beef ribs are better than pork ribs and what type of pork ribs are the best. I like spare ribs sometimes, okay? Spare ribs come from the belly of the hog. They tend to be larger and meatier, okay? So you need a lot of meat in order to get the longer strips of meat that you can pull off the bone and then safely serve to your baby. And those strips of meat, we want them to be about the size of your adult pinky finger. And again, I like to be able to softly shred that cooked meat through my fingers before I offer it to my baby. And so with spare ribs, a lot of times that will work. But while I like have a love-hate with spare ribs, because sometimes the meat gets really tough. And if it's tough, or if it's crispy, then I won't serve it to the baby. Or if there's not enough meat on the bone, I'm like, oh, I spent all the time cooking it. There's like hardly any meat. And as for the bone, there's no hard and fast rule about when you can or can't offer a baby with meat with the bone. I personally feel safer offering baby meat off the bone once they have a tooth or two. Okay, but I've seen babies with really strong gums do fine without it. I've also seen babies with teeth who are like really struggling with the bone. So that's your call. At first, I generally will take the soft, fatty pieces of meat off of the bone for baby for the first few times we try it. Now, I kind of like spare ribs, but I love country style ribs. I think country style ribs are like one of the most underutilized cuts of meat, at least in the United States. I have a big family, seven kids. Like it's one of the most affordable ways to serve meat. <laughs> My husband asked us the other day, he's like, how come we never have meat? He's from Texas. I'm like, it's not that I dislike meat. It just tends to be like kind of expensive and like kind of a pain to prepare for kids. But country style ribs is one like we all agree on. It's this combination of both like high fat and lean meat. And there's no bone in there. It's nice and tender. It's easy to cook. You basically cannot mess it up. And you can get those nice, soft, shreddable strips about the size of your adult pinky finger to serve to baby. Now, sometimes people ask about pork and they say, why is pork called the other white meat? So from a culinary standpoint, it has to do with the fact that the cooked or prepared 
pork tends to be lighter in color than other types of meat like beef and lamb, right? But from a nutrition standpoint, a couple of decades ago, the National Pork Board did this advertising campaign where there was a perception of pork as being unhealthy, right? Because like if you eat a bunch of ham and bacon and sausage, like it's not that healthy. So they were calling it the other white meat because at the time it was like in the 90s when low fat was so popular and everyone was just eating chicken breast, right? Chicken breast is pure protein, no fat. Well, pork loin and pork tenderloin are pretty lean, okay? The loin and the chop are the really lean cuts of meat. And from a quote unquote health standpoint, if you're trying to promote adults for eating less saturated fat and less fat, then yeah, the loin and the chop, the white meat, the lean cuts are good. But for babies, the opposite is true. We always want to choose the fattier cuts of meat. Okay, so it's kind of counterintuitive, especially if you're like a dietitian, you've been trained to teach people not to eat saturated fat. We actually love fat in meat for babies because when you cook the meat, the fat liquefies and the liquid equates to more moisture. And moisture in foods, particularly protein foods, helps reduce choking hazard for babies. Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. So, we want those fattier cuts of meat, which is why I love the country-style ribs. So I like ground pork and I love country-style ribs, but my absolute, hands-down, favorite cut of pork for baby led weaning, drum roll please, pork shoulder. I love pork shoulder. A, it's super cheap because it's a pretty high-fat cut of meat. It's also called different things depending upon where you are in the U.S. So sometimes a pork shoulder can be marketed, labeled, cut as a picnic roast or a Boston butt or a blade roast, or a pork butt. But basically, if it says butt or shoulder, same difference. They can have a bone in or bone out. It doesn't really matter. They're high enough in fat that when you cook them low and slow, they turn into this perfect texture for baby lead weaning. So what do I do with the pork shoulder? You literally have to do like nothing. I'm not a good cook for the record. The best thing about baby lead weaning is they don't care or no. The goal here is to make it safe. But honestly, pork shoulder ends up tasting amazing anyway. So pork shoulder, I will take it. I will put it in my slow cooker. I will cover it with no added sodium broth or low sodium broth, whatever the lowest salt broth you can find is. Okay, I'll do chicken or beef or vegetable, whatever. Six to eight hours in a slow cooker on low or four to five hours on high. To be honest, I tend to buy like the bigger sized pork shoulders because I'm making it for a bunch of kids in my family, but also always making extras for baby led weenie. So I'll do like a seven to eight pound pork shoulder. And that sometimes will take six to eight hours on high. A lot of times just put it in at night and do it overnight, and then it's done in the morning. And then needs about 10 or 15 minutes to cool and set. You shred it nicely, put some of those solid, or the not solid, but the strips of shreddable meat in the baby's bowl, put a lot of sauce with it. The baby can pick it up and serve it to themselves. Okay, we'll do pozole with pork shoulder. I'll do carnitas. For carnitas, a lot of times, you know, you get the cooked pork shoulder nice and crispy. I just avoid the crispy step for babies. So pull the pork out of the slow cooker and put some aside for baby. And then you can like crisp it up or fry it. I do mine under the broiler actually because I'm lazy and I don't like frying things because it's messy. But I do that under the broiler for the rest of the family. Okay, and same thing whenever you're making meats, you cook with low sodium broth, but then pull it out the baby portion. Then you can add all the whatever salt or super duper spicy stuff that you want on there after. But I think if you're like at the grocery store and you're in the meat aisle and you're like overwhelmed by all the pork products, look for a pork butt or a pork shoulder. Put it in your slow cooker or your Instant Pot 
I do it on high for the big ones, six to eight hours. You can't mess it up. Put enough liquid in there so it doesn't burn. You could also just do this on your stovetop as well. One additional thing about serving pork to babies safely is that you just want to pay attention to the internal cook temp. So for different, like for ground meats, it's a little bit different than for sausages and different for pork shoulder. But for pork shoulder, it's really key that the internal temperature of that pork shoulder be at 170 degrees Fahrenheit or above. There's very, very, very off chance that eating raw or undercooked pork could cause what's called trichinosis, to be honest, has hardly been any reported cases of trichinosis in the United States in like forever. But still, there's a potential if you serve undercooked meat. So we don't want to serve undercooked meat to baby. So make sure that your pork shoulder, which I hope you all run out and get one and make it for your baby, gets cooked to 170 internal cook temp. Now for ground products, so whenever you're cooking like ground meat or ground beef, ground pork, internal cook temp, 160 degrees Fahrenheit. You can't eyeball this. It's not a terrible idea to buy a meat thermometer and just be certain before you potentially serve undercooked meats to your baby. All right, well, I hope you guys learned a little bit about how to safely prepare pork for your baby. If you guys do get some pork going for your baby and your baby's into it, even if they don't like it, tag me in some pictures. I'm on Instagram at babyledweanteam. And if you are not big on buying meat and you want meat delivered to your home, people always say, well, where do you get your meat from? I live in an area that does not have butcher or like really high quality meat selection because I don't buy a lot of meat. When I do, I want it to be good. So I'm actually a very big fan of ButcherBox. So ButcherBox sends grass-fed, high-quality, delivered meat right to your doorstep. And they actually have quite a few pork options. I generally stick to the pork shoulder. Though. There's a bone-in pork shoulder that comes in my ButcherBox every single month. Again, I'm feeding 10 people. So we have seven kids, my husband, me, and our au pair. So 10 people on a regular basis. I do one large custom ButcherBox a month, and that's all the meat that we need for the whole month. So I am an affiliate for ButcherBox. I do love their pork shoulder. If you're like a meat novice, I'd be happy to tell you what I put in my baby led weaning butcher box. Actually, should write that up. I might do that. I'm going to put on the show notes for this episode a list of the cuts of meat that I get from ButcherBox. If you guys want to check them out, head to blwpodcast.com slash 175. And I also have a link there on that page where if you sign up for ButcherBox, you get $10 off your first order, but then you also get whatever the deal of the month is. So sometimes they'll have like two free pounds of ground beef for the life of your butcher box, or they'll do free turkey around Thanksgiving time. But there's always some sort of a special going on. That link will have that special plus $10 off your first order. So again, if you want to get some meat, if you want to check out my list of recommended butcher box cuts, head to blwpodcast.com slash 175. Thanks so much for being here to learn about pork. <music> 